The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application. All right, welcome on to a two weeks before the trade deadline edition of Hollinger and Duncan. We were completely overwhelmed with the number of submissions that we had over 300 fake trades. The document that Ben put together for us is 88 pages long. (laughs) Wow. Uh, I mean, some of those are screenshots uh, of trades that take up like half a page, but nonetheless, pretty good. And I've I've been through a fair amount of these. I wasn't able to read all of them in advance, but some pretty good stuff here. Going to be some good fodder for conversation. But I wanted to start by taking a look at some of the assets that are available for trades. We didn't get a chance to get to this last week, but I think is this is important because as is so often the case you have to actually have the assets to go ahead and get someone to trade for you or or get someone to trade with you i should say so we're going to take a look here at some of the assets that are out there obviously there are first round picks that are out there as well but there are definitely players who could be targeted by teams that are looking to trade say jeremy grant or harrison barnes or any miles turner and so i wanted to talk about you know how say dante divincenzo matches up with Taylor horton tucker uh, to name two of these potentially so let me get my document in front of me here don't worry the silence will get edited out and why is this not showing up in my google docs anyway let's get started here i want to talk about dante divincenzo and what his trade value might be because to me the bucks being out all their first round picks in the future from the holiday trade what do you think of dante divincenzo at this point in time i think he's worth a late first round pick um i i still think there's a pretty good player in there i think he could be better in a different role like him having to be the fourth option and be like a spot up guy in milwaukee isn't really the thing that he's like that he's best at i i think he needs to be in a little more on ball heavy role with maybe be a team that isn't as good and kind of evolve his way into being I think he I think he could end up being somebody who could be the third best player on a good team he's just not he ain't there yet don't get me wrong um but that was one of the reasons I loved the initial Sacramento trade is because I felt like he was going to that place where he could where he could kind of grow um and and become the kind of player I think he can maybe become. He just has no chance of becoming that player in Milwaukee. Yeah, I guess that's true, right? Maybe he could grow into being that. I think the other issue, though, is his contract status. The the fact that he exactly is going to be a free agent this offseason, restricted free agent. Also, his health status as well. You know, I think late first round pick sounds about right to me. But of course, when you're trading for these guys, yes, he's on a cheap contract now. Salary matching, by the way, could be another issue in a deal with him but 
Mm-hmm. It, it may be difficult r- right now to come up with a value for him, both in restricted free agency and in trade. Uh, I mean, what kind of contract do you think he gets? Let's say he stays healthy the rest of the year, plays at about the level that he's played at, well healthy. What are you thinking is going to be his market this offseason? Uh, like 15? Oof. I think he's a, he gets above, I think he gets above the mid-level. Yeah, I think like, Malik Beasley is an interesting analog for him. Different types of players, but young shooting guard to... Traded had- in his contract year, like... like- like yeah. DiVincenzo would be here. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously any team that trades for DiVincenzo is going to want to have a decent idea of what kind of contract he wants and be willing to pay that as well. You don't trade for a guy like him and then get into this restricted free agency staring contest where he goes into October and then you just end up shaving $3 million a year off of what his salary is going to be. Yeah. Um, interesting piece here. Uh, so there's only a couple teams that have cap room, but if you are a cap room team, team you probably hold back on giving up an asset for DiVincenzo now especially if you think you're the only team that's talking to Milwaukee and just say I don't think Milwaukee will match an offer sheet this summer I'll just use my cap space then yeah and I mean maybe that's I actually wouldn't mind DiVincenzo in Detroit um yeah I mean because we're thinking about a cap room team and again this all goes back to these are young players on decent teams who could maybe fetch a, a contributor who's more polished. And yeah. so obviously, you know, if Jeremy Grant would be a guy like that, the Bucks can't really take on Grant due to salary concerns and probably the price for him will be higher. But uh, any of the other guys who, who might be available as well. Um, anything else you want to talk about uh, on DiVincenzo? I mean, I guess you could say, yeah, you know, if he's a $10 million per year guy, then he's got more value. The, perversely, the less money he's going to make on his next contract, the more value he you might have but yeah i think a late first yeah. seems about right for a solid rotation guard who could grow into a quality starter i'm i'm not as high on his on-ball ability as you seem to be but maybe uh, there are teams that that are higher on that the other thing is he could be what is traded in lieu of a first round pick for the bucks to get somebody else that they want yeah yeah i mean it, it, it's just a, a i mean any, any sort of like vague ideas of who that might be or what an outline for that might be it's hard because the Bucks are so constrained. Yeah. Right? Like, would would they be willing to put Brooke Lopez in a deal? I, I still think they probably wouldn't be. Uh, so it's tough for them to get to a big matching number, which, you know, it looks like even if they do DiVincenzo and a couple minimums, they can, you know, and and really up their, uh, their tax number at the same time, they're still only looking at taking back like, and you know, like an $11 million or something player. So who's, who's out there in that price range that really helps them. I mean, could you, you know, could you take in Thad Young as a defensive measure just to keep him off the other teams? But like, uh, you're not going to give up an, give up an asset to do that, right? Well, um, yeah. And here's your other problem too for the Bucks is, all right, DiVincenzo makes 4.7. Portis uh, can block a trade and they obviously want to keep him anyway. George Hill makes four, but if you're going to trade DiVincenzo and Hill for someone that might be an upgrade in the front court to play the four so you can put Giannis at the five, now you're really thin in the backcourt as well you're relying on Grayson Allen and you know who else really as a backup guard that you might need so it seems like they're probably going to just hold on to DiVincenzo we haven't heard him talked about that much but there it does seem like there's an urgency to trade him since 
I don't think they can afford to retain him, certainly not retain him and Portis and Connaughton next year. It's uh, it's going to be tough, I think, for the Bucks. But maybe you just say, hey, with the salary matching, it's too difficult. We'll try and get somebody on the buyout market as a, a backup four or a, a four who could possibly be in our closing lineup. And we're just going to roll with this. All right, let me give you one interesting one. Okay. David Chenzo for Rui Hachimura. Ooh. Yeah, I'm just such a non-believer in Rui. I, I think that's... <laughs> if it were if it were DiVincenzo for Avdia, I think you could uh-huh. sell me a little bit more. I don't think the Wizards do that, though. Interesting. Yeah, the, the shooting piece with Avdia worries me in Milwaukee. Yeah, if you're playing Giannis at center, though, I think you could probably get away with that. And Avdia being... <laughs> I think he's a, a good defensive player. I think he can... He's going to make an open three, I think, like well enough. He, and also someone, obviously, you can grow. But I think the Wizards are you know, still believe, big believers in his potential. But yeah, Hachimura, just, uh, he, I mean, I guess he can defend his position individually, but he's not a good team defender. And he wants to isolate most, which is not something that the Bucks need in their offense since they have superior players to do that. Um, okay, let's see here. Next player who's an asset that might be moved. What is the value of Josh Green right now for the Mavericks? Yeah. You know, he's been getting a little more run. He's been doing some stuff defensively. We talked about him in our redraft. Like, I have no idea. Like, I, I even in his draft year, I was like, I don't know. Is he 10? Is he 50? Like, I, I, I still have trouble really sticking my fork into this one and and saying definitively, where, where is he right now? The offense still seems a little limited, but th- it seems like there's definitely some, some two-way potential there on the wing, which would be valuable if it hits. And he's still got two years left after this one on a rookie deal. So... I I do think there's 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 definitely some value there. Um, I mean, is like is is that an interesting trade at all, Divincenzo for Green, just to restart the clock for Milwaukee? Huh. Yeah, I wouldn't mind Divincenzo's fit in Dallas. I kind of like that one. Um, but it, yeah, I mean, I, I think it seems like Milwaukee would be looking more for guys who can contribute now. Like they don't want to do anything to lower their championship odds for this year. And uh, Josh Green is 11 of 49 on three pointers in his career, taking 2.1 for 36 minutes over the course of his career and also is a career 58% free throw shooter. I'm sorry, that's wrong. Uh, 61% free throw shooter. So I, I, yeah, he's shown some intriguing transition ability and athleticism defensively but the shooting has not come along in the slightest despite the fact that he's been in the rotation this year i i would put lower than first round value on josh green personally okay that which i mean realistically at at this point in his uh tenure in dallas if they can't get a first for him there is absolutely no chance he gets traded i think no i i would think so i mean maybe he ends up being kind of a throw in in another deal a little bit you know i think he's got solid second round value i would say but when you consider i think if you're, if you're another team would you rather have the 22nd pick in the draft or josh green i think pretty clearly the 22nd pick in the draft yeah teams are always gonna opt for the for the optionality of uh of of the pick versus versus the player because the pick the pick is more unconstrained in the things you can do with it in terms of trading or selecting whoever you want or you know moving up moving down to te- teams are always going to choose pick over player yeah i mean unless uh 
unless the player is a guy who's really taking steps forward or yeah. and and at that point then teams aren't going to want to trade him or he's a guy who's coming up on potentially being extended like cam reddish <laughs> where he's not necessarily in the in the team's plans and you know diva Gento might yeah. fall into that category but all right how about Taylor horton tucker we talked about him some last week but would you value him at a first round pick type of level i think your your implication because of his contract status last week was uh yeah. no. I would I would not just because it's an upside play that has no contractual upside. Yeah. So it's uh, like unless you think he can help you win next year, there's really no point in trading for him to pay him 10.2 million next year and then have him balance as a free agent if he does anything. Like I I just don't see the upside in that. All right. Here's an interesting one. This actually came up on my tour spaces yesterday. Matisse Thibel uh yeah i think there's i think there's definite trade value there yeah yeah i i think i think that's a piece that philly would be reluctant to part with though i think i mean just such a high level defense like one of the few guys who can plausibly defend kevin durant one-on-one i i don't know if i like if i'm in the east i'm hanging on to him yeah i i mean i think maybe he can get there i'm not as impressed by thibault's individual defense he's obviously a wrecking ball in terms of his ability to get blocks and steals although not as much of that kind of comes he, he gets him in weird situations not next necessarily in the course of executing the defense and just making normal rotations stopping guys at the rim that that sort of thing i don't think he gets through screens at an elite level although he obviously can then bother guys from behind afterwards um yeah i don't know i i think i, I agree with you i think he, i mean he made all defense last year but his offense is so bad and i think he might have more value to another team that's not playing with a big center that needs to not get double teamed all the time but i i do wonder if his offense is always going to limit him to under 25 minutes a game yeah there's i mean there's an argument for that i mean we i mean in memphis like we had a you know we we had a similar situation obviously with ta where his defense was so good that we you know we just kind of had to deal with it on offense but there were definitely situations uh where that became more difficult and as the game has evolved more toward offense i i think that has only increased i i Um, think tony allen was better than matisse thibel actually on both yeah well that i mean yes um so I'm, I'm just trying to to compare here from yeah from from my own experience i mean tony Allen was a generational defensive player i don't know if we could say that about tybal at least yeah. certainly yet but but as much as that was the case as well you know what was the most tony allen ever got paid in his career like five million or something uh yeah which at the time was the full mle basically uh right. and that's what we did he got basically full mle money twice once when he left boston and then once when he uh once when he re-signed with us yeah so i you know i just don't know that i see thibel getting above that and so i think like there are teams that are going to be enamored of him particularly to play a role I, i'm not sure that he would have particularly given his contract status you know being a extension eligible after this year i'm not sure that he would have much beyond kind of late first round value for me yeah at least I, and i don't know maybe i, I mean i think the, he's a guy that opinions are really going to vary on yeah and and team fit too but sure i yeah certainly i mean lotto protected first right i mean yeah that, that that's definitely what we're talking about here uh all right let's see here you know i was gonna say nasir little but it seems like the blazers are kind of in a different phase right now where they're just gonna want to hold on to him anyone who's seen our youtube videos knows that i don't wear formal stuff all the time so when it's time 
to dress up rather than dress down i highly recommend inochino they were the official outfitter of my wedding i got my tux from there all my groomsmen got their sport jackets from there as well i felt really good about having them be the outfit of my wedding because all my groomsmen were going to get stuff that they could continue to wear that fit them perfectly because when you go somewhere else you're not going to get something that's made for you so why not measure yourself in 10 minutes or visit a showroom rather than feeling like you're wearing somebody else's suit that they tried and failed to tailor for you and not only does indochino have the suits that made them famous but now they've got everything blazers pants women's wear outerwear designed and made for you hundreds of high quality fabrics to choose from european wools linen cottons tons of colors tons of patterns you can customize things like the lapel the vents the pockets and you'll get a piece that is personalized for you in fit and style so level up your game with indochino go to indochino.com and use the code per easy to remember because john and benedict use per to get 10 percent off any purchase of 399 dollars or more that's 10 percent off at indochino i-n-d-o-c-h-i-n-o indochino.com and don't forget that per code to let them know you came from us I remember after college, before I was going to move on to the next chapter of my life, my buddy and I went to Hilton Head, South Carolina to work some summer jobs and hang out. We had a great time, except for his car. His car was awful. We called it the POS. It was like a 91 Oldsmobile Cutlass Sierra. We're allowed to talk about Oldsmobile now that it's a defunct brand, right? Is that okay? This thing had the turning radius of a World War I battleship, broke down all the time, just a, a miserable vehicle to drive. And when customers are rushing to your store, you want a point of sale system that you can trust, not a real POS like my buddy's car. You need Shopify for retail. It makes it easy to accept payments, manage orders, and build relationships with customers. You can sell in person, backed by everything that you need to sell online, track every sale across your business in one place, know exactly what's in stock, connect with customers in line and online. You can drive in-person store traffic with plug-and-play tools for marketing campaigns on social media. Get great hardware that fits your business, accept credit cards, mobile payments, every other major payment method, all with low fees and transparent pricing starting on day one. Plus, their award-winning help is there to support you every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash PER. All lowercase, easy to remember slash PER because John invented PER. Go to shopify.com slash PER to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash PER. Um, let's see who else. Patrick, Can I volunteer a name? Oh, please, yeah. DeAnthony Melton. Yeah, just uh, generally the Memphis young guys. Um, yeah. What, what do you think on on Melton? They can't keep all of them. Uh, now Melton still has two more years on a good contract, so there's no rush. Like you could keep him as a third guard, and he's not blowing up your salary structure. But like it's it's Morant and Bain there, right? Like clearly that's the future of that backcourt. And then Dylan Brooks can play some two, and like you don't necessarily need that many guys beyond that. Or you can sign got you know you can sign another Tyus Jones or whatever. Um, 
Like you don't you don't need Melton necessarily if you're Memphis, especially if he can get you, you know, a a good a another good shooter or B, you know, a good three or four, which I think is is probably the greater need there, especially as you kind of constrain your rotation for the playoffs. So I I think he's other than the picks, he's their biggest trade chip. And I think at some point they do have to push chips in. Yeah, I think so. If I were them, I probably would rather. I, I mean, I, I think for matching salary purposes, he's probably kind of got to be in there. I guess, you know, they've got Kyle Anderson, they've got Culver. If they wanted to tie us, they probably still need. But you know, if they're going to make a move, those are probably the guys they would like it to be. And But I guess if you're Memphis, would you rather move Melton or would you rather move one of the lower level picks they have, like this Utah pick or their own pick going forward? I think you probably move those picks first. Uh, so it sort of depends on who you're dealing with and what what they value more. Um, I don't think teams are going to put a high value on those picks, uh, this, especially with how this draft is looking. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, and so I think teams might come back to Melton and say, okay, we value that more on par with like a pick in the teens, especially, you know, with him being, him being signed for two more years at a reasonable number. All right. Uh, Patrick Williams. Yeah. I, uh, I think other people might value him more highly than, than I do. Um, certainly there's promise there. He signed for two more years. It's because he was the fourth pick. It's not an insignificant number, right? It's seven, seven and nine, eight the next two years, but you know, if he if he becomes a big wing who does stuff, I mean, that's the most valuable piece to have. And that, you know, that's a $20, 25000000 million player right there. So if you can get that for the next two years after this one, yeah, then there's a ton of value there. Uh, would he be, would you say he's the equivalent of like two decently protected firsts? That's the exact question I was going to ask. I would say for most people, just because of the brand too, of him being the number four overall pick. I mean, I think if you're he's just it's so difficult because he hasn't had a chance to show anything so far as you even miss camp with that severe ankle sprain and then obviously he's had the wrist yeah. issue so far this year but yeah if you're the pistons and troy weaver and you're sifting through jeremy grant options and one of them is two firsts that are going to be like the 20th pick each or patrick williams i think you probably go patrick williams i think you're right on that um yeah, so I, I, this is good. We're uh, you know we're utilizing the transitive property well here. Um, <laughs> let's see who else. Yeah, I mean, we talked about the Memphis guys. Here's an interesting one for you, Anyeka okay. Kongwu. Yeah, you know I see him do stuff almost every game where I'm like, oh, okay, and it hasn't totally translated to his stats yet. Right. Um, but I still feel like there's something there with him. Now he's a big. Bigs are valued less. On the other hand, he's on his rookie deal for two more years after this one. I mean, I don't know if it, I don't know if his value in the marketplace is as high as Williams, but I actually liked him better in the draft than Williams. And I like if I had to choose between the two, I would take Okongwu still. But I I understand that in the current trade market where most teams are mentally, they probably would go for Williams first. That yeah. that said, I. I, I just don't know if Okongwu has done enough to wow enough people to where they're really going to put a lot of stuff on the table to acquire him. Yeah, I agree that I quote-unquote like Okongwu better than Williams. He's Even though both of them have struggled with injuries, I think the flashes from Okongwu, he's shown more to me than Williams so far. But he's a center, and there just are fewer teams that need a center, whereas Patrick Williams, you in theory, can play the three or the four. He can come off the bench. There are just so many slots.
slots at that position that he can fit into where basically any team could use what his theoretical skill set would be or that's not necessarily the case with the Congo. the other thing i see with the Congo, i mean there's such an obvious end game to where the hawks trade capella for a small as soon as they feel like a Congo is ready so I, I i guess i don't see the urgency for atlanta to deal him unless there is really something juicy on the table all right any other of these kind of young player asset guys that really need to be talked about because i'm kind of uh, thinking lower level guys here but but whoever you want to go to let's do like one or two more of these and we'll get into the fake trades. I'm, I'm sure Celtics fans wished <laughs> wished there were more guys worth that we wish, should talk about. Uh, Devin Vassell. Yeah, but it just doesn't seem like the Spurs are going to be looking to make a move in which they would give him up. I mean, unless it's Ben Simmons. It's Ben Simmons. That would be the one. Yeah. 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 It just, I, I mean, once the, you, you talked about it, how the Spurs are very rarely proactive with making moves. So I, I, it doesn't seem like that. We haven't heard much about them and, and Ben Simmons lately. Yeah. I, I think Vassell, you know, certainly at a minimum has like first round value and you know, maybe even a little bit more than that. I would say, I mean, he was the number 11 pick and I don't think he's, I mean, he hasn't blown up, but he hasn't disappointed. He kind of, he kind of has about the same value as when he was drafted, which as we've noted is, a, a yeah. rarity yeah I'd, I'd say that's about right oh uh i got one for you uh rj barrett i don't think that with this latest stretch that he's been on i think the knicks are not gonna really be looking to move him um you know and and if they did it would have to be for a you know top 25 player an all-star player in the league but i think the, the way he's being the number three overall pick the way he's come on lately decent enough defender uh, even i've always been lower on barrett than a lot of people i've been extremely impressed with how much he's improved uh, even if i don't see him as like a lead initiator he's a guy who i think he'll could score reasonably efficiently in the high teens like the way he's gotten to the basket lately has been very impressive i think he'll be an acceptable shooter from the outside and a solid defender that's kind of how i'm seeing him right now i don't know that i see him as a future all-star well actually he is a future all-star because he plays for the knicks but uh <laughs> an actual you know the same way that randall was was a uh, second team all nba last year uh that you know the barrett is a future all-star but i think you know and you could maybe see him being somewhat similar to where Jalen Brown is now as yeah. a, an upside, but maybe not as Brown is a, a better shooter and better athlete. And I think has more ball skills. Yeah. I would be very hesitant to bail on a, uh, on a big wing um, who has some ball handling ability and some defensive ability. I mean, I, even if his results have not been, you know, to the level of the two guys picked ahead of him, certainly, I mean, I, I would still be really patient with this one yeah it's interesting i mean, I, I compiled this list about a month ago and some of these guys are kind of not really not don't look like they're going to be traded um uh, uh, yeah. one more for you Colin right. Sexton. Yeah, that is a good one. It seems like the Cavs are more interested in just moving their first this year. And I think, but it, I, that's an interesting question. Does Colin Sexton have more value than their first this year? You're probably asking the wrong guy. I mean, <laughs> there, 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 there probably is a team out there to whom it's worth to acquire his restricted free agent rights and pay him and have him do, you know, his thing next year. But like, I, I don't know, like... 
to me like he's like he's he's Jordan Clarkson basically. Like that's that's what he is. Like he's not a distributor and he's a terrible defender. So he'll he'll do things offensively, but I'm not sure and we've seen it in Cleveland this year. Like they he went out and it they didn't even skip a beat. Like it was like nothing happened. Yeah. I also must have missed the season where Jordan Clarkson averaged twenty five points a game on like plus two relative true shooting and uh you know that's I, I must have missed that and, and nobody around him like Sexton did last year. I I would value Sexton uh, particularly. I mean, I guess it all it, it, again. It all comes down to what contract is going to be on, right? If he's making yeah. fifteen million or maybe even slightly less than that, yeah, sign me up for a first for him. If he's if we if we can't sign him and it's going to cost twenty million a year, then no, I probably would not be interested in that. But I think a team like Detroit, I would really like Sexton's fit in Detroit because he can guard the other team's point guard. He, you know, he's not going to have to guard the two and make you really small. His lack of passing is mitigated by Cade they need someone else who can do something off the dribble which they don't have other than Cade I I would like him pretty decently in Detroit for example I think there are teams that can use his skill set but they're just you know the Cavs and the Cavs I think could still use him he just says more of a bench guy probably but maybe a a highly qualified one yeah the the Detroit thing is interesting because obviously you're I think you're in a place where the Pistons aren't at yet where you're you're like you've moved on from Killian Hayes (laughs) and they probably haven't yet they'll probably be there by the offseason i think i i yeah still yeah. still not looking great there yeah i, I mean he's, he's trying defensively like he's got he's been a lot he's kind of like dante exum where i'm like wow this guy was so raw he's been terrible offensively but wow look at his defense <laughs> it's like yeah i, I mean so he's, yeah. he's trying to find a way to stay on the floor which i at least appreciate but yeah obviously the, the offense has a long way to go and but yeah I, I think if i'm cleveland i would probably rather move my first than sexton particularly too because once you trade for sexton now you're kind of over a barrel as far as giving him the contract and restricted free agents whereas Cleveland yeah, holds on totally. to him they can kind of play hardball a little bit more I think there uh Cleveland can yeah because I mean what's his market going to be nobody has room so yeah. they can either you know they can either be really aggressive in sign and trade negotiations or um you know their worst case scenario is that he plays for the qualifying offer which isn't that bad because Cleveland's set up to have massive cap room the year after yeah well Detroit could be the the one team with Capper and that might make a run at him but yeah I'm, I'd be interested to see I mean that's one where Tro- Troy Weaver it's tough to get a, a read on what he thinks uh, of players you know Sexton scores a lot of points per game but he also doesn't have the length that Weaver really uh, enjoys having all right enough of this though mm-hmm. enough of our blowharding let's get into some submitted listener trades you want right. to pick one to start with here uh yeah I just uh, I just lost it off my screen hang on you, you <laughs> might have to pick the first one here Ah, uh, very good. All right. This one is interesting. Grizzlies get mm-hmm. from the Raptors, Pascal Siakam and Svi Mikhailia. The Raptors get Steven Adams, DeAnthony Melton, Jarrett Culver, Utah's pick this year that the Grizzlies own, and the Lakers pick this year that the Grizzlies own. That is, that might be the most interesting trade I saw in this whole thing because it does, it it sets up a couple of things uh, for both teams. So Toronto gets a real center. Toronto gets uh, a backup wing or back, excuse me, another guard. Um, so they don't have to play Fred Van Vliet 47 minutes a game. Yeah, uh, that, that, he'll, also, he'll be down to 43 now with, if they get Melton. Yeah, yeah. And also the type of guy who plays well in their system, I think, in, in terms of being like, 
like, a, you know, an aggressive mobile defender, gets a lot of steals, causes havoc. I mean, that's kind of how they want to play. And so I, I like Melton's fit there. Um, and then Toronto has a crowd of maybe too many guys with the same kind of body type and skill set with Siakam and Barnes and Ananobi. So you can understand them wanting to go in this direction, especially if they can get two additional firsts. At, I mean, based on our earlier conversation, this is like trading Siakam for three firsts, right? Uh, and you get a starting center out of it too. So I, I mean, I could see the temptation for both sides to do this deal. Now for Toronto, you might say, I don't necessarily want to have both Utah's pick and the Lakers pick this year. Um, and you might push to say, you know what, Memphis, I need, I'll, t- I'll take that Laker pick, but I need, uh, I need to have your 2023 first, uh, or the 2024 Golden State first or something. Yeah. You just don't want to have all your eggs in the this year basket necessarily. Um, yeah. That, and I mean, that Golden State pick, it looks like they're going to be fine that year, but that still has some upside. It's only top four protected. It's top four and it, then it goes top one and then unprotected. So if the, if the Warriors did, you know, let's say the Warriors missed the playoffs by two games and you know lucked into a top four pick and then all of a sudden the next year it's it's basically unprotected the next two years and that's right when you know Steph, Draymond, Clay all would be very old by then so there's definitely some potential on that one the rules also let you put additional protections on a pick that's already protected from another team, which wasn't the case before. So Memphis could, you know, put a few few more strings on this one. If they uh, I think to. you can. I think you can only do that on a pick that's totally unprotected from another. I, like, like that's why they were able to. The Pels were able to put that protection on the pick from the Lakers this year because it yes. was totally unprotected. But yeah, I okay. don't. And you may yeah. be right on that one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But but okay. but in any Good event, call. uh, you know, I think this one to me. I would absolutely do as the Grizz, which kind of makes me think I wouldn't do it as the Raptor. I mean, it makes the only question for the Grizz is, are you okay going forward with Siakam at 33 a year or whatever he's getting, you know, carrying that into the area where you play Jaren, pay Jaron and Ja. I think that's a great game ending lineup to have Jaron at five and Siakam at four and just switch everything. Yeah. However, uh, you you know you you do you know I I mean I guess I could poke holes in this if I really wanted to like you don't have that physical interior defender anymore so you need to fill that spot somehow. Um, would you are you going to start Jaron at five or are you going to start Siakam at three? Like I'm, I'm going to start that part gets a little tricky. I'm going to start Jaron at five. I think at that point, and you know you can get some knock head knocking center for certain matchups if you need to. But I think I like Siakam works on the interior. Jaron. Can and space the floor for him they will just completely run teams out of the gym siakam's a really good transition guy he's coming out of a running system they're oh, already i didn't even think about siakam siakam in transition with those guys good night yeah but siakam's playing better lately and i'm just not sure that the rap you know he's going to be in the all-star conversation i think in the east uh, at the yeah. end you know we didn't give him as much credit but he's uh, continued to play well you know he's not unbelievably efficient i think playing with ja and jaron could help him get a little bit more efficient you know it's still a lot of floaters but the grizz you know their team floater they can deal with that uh <laughs> yeah 
So I, uh, but no, I think I might ask for a little bit more as, as Toronto. And, and I mean, that's surprising to say because Siakam, I think was a little bit of a distressed asset. And he does make 35 and 38 million the next two seasons after this one. And he is older than, than you think, obviously he's in his, uh, he's in his sixth year here, but you know, he's already in his, I think he's 27 already, but that is the type of move. I think the grid should do. I might, I mean, it's just to me for Toronto, it's like, are you just so in love? You mentioned they have all these likes players but are they just in love with that vision is that just they've they're playing better lately it just it seems like if toronto were just you know five games under 500 instead of playing well lately i think this would have a much better chance of succeeding i ultimately think inertia would prevent this from toronto i but uh, honestly yeah it, it's, it's a tough call man i you know he's not pascal siakam is probably not jalen brown but i i mean i do think he feels a lot of needs for the grizz this this was a good one um let, let's yeah, move totally, so totally. so all right what's What's your verdict? I mean, I think this is pretty close to being realistic. I think ultimately it's Toronto that doesn't want to do this one. Uh, I I would say I would say mostly you're correct. I think Toronto would only do it at a price where the Grizzlies would walk away. Let, let's put it that way. Yeah, where they might say, "Hey, we we could get one of these other young veterans. We could get Miles Turner. You know, we might even be able to save our ammo for Jalen Brown at some point." You know, I mean, if it was a third first round pick at this price, I would I would still think pretty seriously about doing it as the Grizzlies. I mean, you just you have to be feel very good that Pascal Siakam is gonna is the guy that he's been the last month and a half or so if you're going to do this deal because this is this is your bullet to fire if you're the Grizz yeah. are, you, are you doing it for him is it is there someone better who's going to come along would you rather just trade for two first round picks for Jeremy Grant instead of the Siaka move you know who Grant makes less about the same age you know is, is Siakam that much better than Grant? yeah wouldn't cost you Adams or Melton you can just do it with uh with Culver and another expiring yeah yeah I think maybe that's where it, where it might break down for the Grizzlies is that uh the price it would take to get Siakam would be so much more than the price to get someone like Jeremy Grant that that difference is not worth it but I I kind of like the idea of I, I like Siakam's ball skills much more than I like Grant's for example I think I'd probably like him they're different sort of defensive players but man I mean that is Morant Bain Brooks Siakam and Jackson that is a yeah, fucking that's, killer lineup that's a lineup right yeah yeah ah the sweet sound of sports you love from sling the collide of football pads the squeak of shoes on a basketball court the crack of the bat on a home run the slice of skates cutting across the ice but what about this one that's the sound of all the sports you love all at once starting at 40 dollars a month experience it all live with sling sling listening to your favorite podcast that's smart earning your degree online from southern new hampshire university that's really smart with 24 7 access to coursework no set class times and dedicated student support you can go to school when and where it works for you low online tuition means you can even do it for less and dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond join a community of learners just like you go to snhu.edu today to start your free application okay 
that that was a good good start here. Let's do some some other quick hitters. Um, mm-hmm. Felonius Hunk. If the Bucks aren't confident that Brook can come back and help in the playoffs, how about Brook and Dante and two seconds to the Pacers for Turner? I don't think that's enough uh, for Turner personally. And then also Turner, I don't might not be able to help them in the playoffs. Either. Exactly. I mean, that's the biggest problem is, is so you're going to trade for the guy with a broken foot. Uh, so yeah, I don't I don't see that one at all for for either side. I think virtually every Turner possibility is off the table because of this foot thing. Yeah. Now, you know, Lopez might be out too. Would it be worth just getting a younger Brooke Lopez, even if maybe Turner can't contribute this year just to get him in the fold? But I think I think that's probably not enough for the Pacers, right? These seconds, I'm not sure what seconds it is. That's probably not doing it much. Pacers aren't that interested in Brooke Lopez. Maybe they can move him on later once he's healthy. That might be a possibility. So it's basically, you know, DiVincenzo and Flotsam for Turner. That's not enough to move Turner up on the Pacers. So I think that's where this falls apart, even more so than on the Bucks end. Uh, I would agree with that. All right, Gibbs 52. Harrison Barnes to Utah for Ingles, Gay, and Utah's next two available first-round picks, which would be 26 and 28, but he wants them those picks to be protected 1 to 5. Well, those Utah picks are probably going to end up being 24 and 26, if you think about it. That, uh, that pick is going to convey to Memphis this year. Uh, no, it's going to be 26 and 28, because Utah owes a 24 to OKC from the favors trade. So 22 goes to Memphis this year, 24 goes to OKC, top 10 protected, so then your next one probably first available draft would be 26 and and 28 oh yeah that gets that gets tricky because that really brings up the possibility of the second one not conveying at all um yeah i mean utah you know even as soon as 2024 top 10 protected eh, yeah right exactly eh. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this Gobert Mitch. I mean, if they flame out in the playoffs and then they break up Gobert and Mitchell, you know, Trader Danny, mm-hmm. we'll see whether he's a Gobert guy or not. That's that, that could be interesting. Um, but, but I think, uh, and then also maybe I, I might just do it just to gamble if I can get that 26 and 28 unprotected if I'm the king or, or lower, you know, top two protected or something. Um, you know, I, I want that upside. We talked about this with the Brook, with Brooklyn yeah. and LA that those, those picks actually if you're getting them unprotected you know you, you get it's rare that you yeah. get a chance at unprotected picks now obviously so sort of the re- real politic of the situation is that if you you know sacramento's like that's helping the you know three gms from now that that's helping that guy <laughs> but it's probably not helping yeah. the current administration that much well uh, that said i mean is there a better offer i mean that's a lot for harrison barnes like especially if you could lower the protection on those picks yeah. i think i would do so, that in sacramento it's just a question of whether there's a better offer i would be more concerned about it from utah's perspective honestly that's where i was going to go with this is is harrison barnes the guy who changes anything from utah he's i mean he's like he's a better version of bogdanovich i guess but the thing i can't remember if we talked about this already that the thing utah really needs is kind of secondary rim protection for yeah. for when teams play five out and maybe gobert isn't the guy at the rim but somebody else can be and they just have you know their their wings are pretty short and unathletic guys for the most part um they've tried a little bit with like playing small ball with rudy gay at five they get absolutely cooked every time they do that so i i think like to me for utah like jeremy grant is so much more the guy than barnes yeah i think grant moves his feet better on the perimeter at this point in time uh, as well and and, uh to gibbs credit he did say i think the jazz should also consider making the same offer for grant yeah i mean that is that would be a very competitive offer for both of those guys i would say particularly if the protection were low on the picks i am I'm, I'm more about going out further and getting lower
lower protection than getting the guaranteed asset now that's going to be in the 20s personally yeah um okay here's one from uh free garrett f-r-e-i free garrett basically it's divincenzo for and george hill welcome back to okc george hill uh for favors kendrick williams and lou dort i think that's not enough i I mean i think dort by himself has more value than divincenzo you're not getting anything else the bucks don't have a pick to trade so i I think this one fails i think we've seen a few dort ones i think dort to me you probably got to give up two first round picks to get lou dort or or equivalent really well when you consider his contract situation and the fact that he's i mean the contract the contract is very good but i like is he a starter on a playoff team he's Uh, he's a useful situational guy for on ball defense certainly but I mean, he's still not a good I know he like he plays more of a role in OKC now because he has to he shoots a little better but like he's still not a good offensive player by any stretch I mean he can drive a little bit like I don't think he's gonna kill you you know he's kind of I think of him as kind of Marcus Smart like on the offensive end at this point maybe not as good of a passer but better finisher attacking the basket and you know he's a pretty good on ball defender maybe slightly overrated in that role but uh, you know I think if he could concentrate more on defense in a system i think and particularly when you consider the price as well I mean, you're talking about for a team that's in the tax to get a guy like him making two million a year well except you got to swallow favors with 10 million to do it that's true yeah he does he does have the yeah in this particular construction yeah that's true i mean i think maybe maybe if you could just leave favors out of it as the bucks but but again the bucks i mean i think i'm just saying in general you know maybe you don't have to swallow favors i think part of the appeal of giving up two first round picks for dort is okc can take back your shitty salary and just with their cap space and just trade you back dort now that's how you get to part of the value there too but i I think i don't know i don't don't know if okc would even trade dort for two first round picks they have so many already anyway maybe they're just believers in it he has improved over the years he's still pretty young yeah divincenzo for dort is pretty interesting to me um i mean obviously for oklahoma city to pay him is is no consideration at all almost given where they are with their with their cap right now they would probably they milwaukee would have to do the prodding here though i think so the but the bucks i do think the bucks are the ones who would have to sweeten the pot given where these two teams are um and what what does milwaukee really have to sweeten the pot with yeah and they've got he's got nawara in this deal too but that's that i don't think he has much value but i I, I disagree with you. I think Dort is worth way more than DiVincenzo personally. I think he can guard more positions and that's just a role that DiVincenzo is just, you know, a two position defender. Uh, you know, Dort, I think can guard four positions probably if you need him to and he's acceptable. And and also then when you throw in DiVincenzo on at least a $15 million a year deal, probably if you just traded for him. Um, okay. What, you want to pick one here? Yeah, sure. Uh, so there all right, this this is kind of interesting. Okay. Uh, from MCD Riley ninety seven, uh, Troy Brown and the the pick the Bulls had from the Larry Nance deal for Kenrich Williams and Darius Baisley might be too much to give up for that. I, Baisley, I think yeah. I think that's too I think that's too much to give up for those guys. Like I I like Kenny Hustle, but I I think at the end of the day he's a back end rotation player and you can't be giving up a first round pick to get guys like that. I don't have a lot of faith in uh, in Baisley. I think he's just a guy who tries to do things he can't do most of the time yeah he's really athletic 
And you know, I did a breakdown on on him a couple of weeks ago for uh, the pod that Danny and I do. And you know, he's really struggling to finish at the rim. He's just he's kind of out of control. Some on his drives, his three pointer hasn't come along at all. He does. He's got some ball skills, which I, you know he is. He does get to the basket. He is an effective driver. He can pass a little bit. I you like his defensive tools. So I think he has some value. He's another potential option for the Bulls at the four, which they need. I'm. It's just you know I, how much is he helping this year? It's kind of about this year for the Bulls. So I, I think if I. It's not a crazy one, but I think if I'm giving up that Portland pick, I, I guess the other problem too is that Portland, even with their recent surge, is probably not making the playoffs. So that pick is now lower in value than it was. And you might also say, hey, when the hell are we actually getting this pick? In the end, it's yeah, like lotto exactly. protected for seven years. So I think yeah. that pick is really is really declined in value right now. So maybe this is all you can get with that. I would hope you could do better as Chicago, but maybe not. Yeah, I I still feel like if I if I'm the Bulls, I'm not putting that in play unless I can get another starter caliber player. All right, how about this one? Rook Maddock, Nick Claxton, Javon Carter, Bruce Brown, although he would have to approve a trade. He's got an implied no trade because he's on a one-year deal this year. And Paul Millsap to Portland for Larry Nance and Ben McLemore. Assuming like Nance is healthy, he's missed like 10 straight games now. That's a good yeah, and Yeah, and he's, I mean, he's been a health issue for a couple of years going now. So how do, how do you like, how do you like the idea of Nance in Brooklyn? He'd be like your, your closing five man, I guess. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that, that would be the thought. It gives them just a little bit more shooting and passing. I mean, I think if you throw him in with Joe Harris, if he ever comes back in the big three, it's not bad. Uh, you know, Bruce Brown, of course, would have to agree to this. I'm and, sure based on how things have been going that it wouldn't be a big fight. Yeah, maybe not. I mean, I still think he might have more value on this Nets team than another team, though, as far as, as, far as getting paid because of his skill set of a guy who's basically a center on offense, but you know can guard the best guy on, on defense. I, I might I might I, want to stick I think, around. I mean, I think yeah. I think Portland's trending toward needing that too. <laughs> so I, I think he'd be okay there. Yeah, but but they already have a bunch of guards there. I don't see how he gets paid next year. I would want to. I actually hmm. would decline that trade if I were Bruce Brown. I would want to stay in Brooklyn. Okay. I think I could. I mean, I was in the closing lineup for these guys in the playoffs last year. Yeah. I, I mean, he's the only, and, and if they play the Bucks, they're going to need him again because he's the only guy who can guard Chris Middleton on this team. Yeah, that's what you're. I I think it's I think it's probably a little too speculative from Brooklyn's end especially when you, like you haven't really seen that much of Claxton this year either like he he might be a guy who helps him in the playoffs as much as Nance does yeah I don't like him against the Bucks or the Sixers I like him better against uh Miami I think he'd be a good fit playing against Miami mm-hmm. uh yeah, you know, I'm not so so I think the Bruce Braun thing though is where this might break down, but even assuming that, I think that's decent value for Portland, certainly. Uh, you know, it might be and you know, there are Portland's tax concerns. I have to look exactly hard at the numbers which I didn't uh, on this one, but yeah, that that's an interesting one. You know, Nance um uh, yeah, actually and, and we didn't talk about Nick Claxton in our what is this guy worth as no, a young we didn't. asset. What's we your didn't. opinion on that? I think I mean, he's coming into his restricted year. I think he, where he's interesting is if you're a room team, his cap real hold is so low that that part of it gets a you know he's like this year's gary trent a little bit yeah i'm not sure i value him at a first round level like he's he's a potentially interesting center and it hasn't totally come together yet right like there's there's still like his hands on the move aren't really great and he's he struggles to score if his you know if his initial run for a dunk is stopped um and he doesn't have a lot of lower body strength to play against like the Embiid's or Giannis's of the world so 
so that there's there's definitely still stuff missing from the package. So you're probably valuing him more as a backup five at that point. I think so. There are certain teams that wanted to switch where he could fit in really, really nicely. But like you said, he's a little bit thin. He's struggled with injuries so far in his career as well. I think Nate might might have just gotten kicked out. No, you're here. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> I, I can hear you still. Um, okay. Ah, this is great radio. All right. Well, it, it wouldn't be anything without that. So, yeah, I, I you know, I think... You know, very late first, maybe, you know, a team that's going to be in the last five of the first round, something like that. But of course, they're going to be trying to trade him for a player. But, I, you know, I think this is to training for someone like Larry Nance, who might otherwise be available maybe for a couple of seconds. You know, maybe Nick Claxton might be kind of equivalent to that. I, I don't think the value on this trade is is that far off. Uh, OK, here we go. Uh, well, actually, yeah, we kind of talked uh, Thunder and Jazz already. Yeah, we got we got like 100 Thunder fans thinking they're going to get a, a first round pick for Kemrich Williams. I'm j- let me just let me just blanket on all of these. You are not getting a first round pick for Kemrich Williams. Just let that one go. Yeah. Um, hey, may- maybe if they actually had started him all year and they were way better, <laughs> then yeah. maybe they could have, right? But yeah, maybe you could get a first for Mike Muscala too if you ever play the freaking guy. Um, interesting one here from Free Garrett. Uh, Eric Gordon and Jay Sean Tate to Milwaukee for Brooke Lopez, DiVincenzo, and George Hill. Huh. Yeah, Tate would be an interesting guy. Is lack of shooting is a little bit of a problem but defensively that would be a monster group and having gordon mm-hmm. maybe kind of makes up for it you could do a lot of switching with Giannis at center there but it, you know i actually i think there might actually be better offers out there now if you're houston you could rehab brooke lopez and trade him in the offseason probably if he's healthy again yeah and maybe get a first mm-hmm. for him in the offseason so throw that in houston doesn't care about this year yeah that's an interesting one although we are we, we shouldn't spend too much time on this because we already did one for free garrett and we've got like 300 submissions so <laughs> we should okay. probably we should probably move move on but yeah that that's an interesting one I, I wonder if the rockets could do better for eric gordon probably not uh but then and also the bucks could still it'd be nice if they had a center still at that point maybe they get one on the buyout market might have to replace tate with tice t- to make this work for milwaukee yeah yeah but then uh, yeah i mean i don't know if milwaukee's then there then there are other terrible. issues yeah do you want tice for three more years yeah yeah all right l- let's do this huge one here we haven't done any ben simmons one so Okay. I think this one is pretty interesting. Uh, again, probably uh, violative of the reporting that says Bradley Beal is not available, but this it would be <laughs> Bradley Beal and Davis mm-hmm. Bertans to the Sixers. Okay. Ben Simmons to the Wolves. Danny Green, okay. Malik Beasley, Torian Prince, and five first-round picks, three from the Wolves and two from the Sixers to the Wizards. This is an example of the type of deal that the Wizards should have done at some point in the last three years and still <laughs> will not do, right? <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, this seems like decent value. Now, maybe you just would want to, uh, and because the idea being the Wizards are just going to rebuild, and they don't want they don't want Ben Simmons. And this is a pretty good deal for the Sixers, though, to get Ben Simmons and two first rounders essentially uh, for uh, and for Bradley Beal. That's not bad. Beal is a free agent, of course. They'd have to pay him, but and yeah, and, and that would make. I mean, their tax bill would be stratospheric at this point. But you know, this kind of seems about right. But it's just you know, Bradley Beal's not available, so sadly we can't really discuss it any further yeah which is which is a shame because man like like that's like that's a deal washington should do and and you get off of the bertans mistake too like you think about that like 
So, so you're saying you'd rather have no first and pay a five-year max to Beal and keep Bertans on his deal? Like, th- like this is way better. <laughs> like this, and they won't do it. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you think right. not trading Davis Bertans at the 2020 trade deadline might have been a mistake? Well, only only because it it also costs them half a year of employing Anzis Pesechniks. <laughs> I don't think that's how it's pronounced. <laughs> oh, however, however, yeah, however he says it. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll bring in Fred Katz for that one. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see here. Any other ones? You, I'm, I'm going to try and scroll down a little bit. Any other ones that you're excited to talk about here? Uh, I'm I'm still processing this one as I look at it. So this this guy Lucas Co. Uh, sent in a four team trade with uh, 14 players involved, and it's kind of interesting. Uh, John Wall and Kelly Olynyk to the Clippers. Let's start there. Uh, the Clippers send, then send Ibaka and Kennard to the Rockets and Morris and Bledsoe to the Sixers. And let's see. The Sixers I, sent I, Tobias I think Harris I've, to Detroit. I, I'm looking at the sheet and I think you've already, you've already lost me at this point. All right. Well, here, let, let's try, we'll try and break this one down in terms of just like the assets, the, the, the like okay. actual things it that is, people would want involved. It is Ben Simmons to the Rockets. Rockets basically. Uh, okay. Well, the Rockets don't want Ben Simmons already. I think that that's already been clear. So uh, I, I think that's where it breaks down already. Um, yeah, Ben Simmons to the Rockets. Uh, what are the Clippers getting out of this? John Wall and Kelly Olynyk. There's is, no. Yeah, it is some. It is actually this was clearly done by a Rockets fan because there's like nothing coming from the Rockets except Shengun, which like I like him. He's a good player, but like you're not turning Shengun and John Wall into Ben Simmons. Yeah, well, Eric Gordon too, as well. Go, yeah. going out. Um, yeah. Oh, Christian Wood is also going to the Sixers. All right, I, I think we're, I, we're. This is probably one that uh, doesn't work too well for uh, for radio. It's a little too complicated. Okay, actually, actually here's a, here's a more interesting Simmons trade then from uh, Tha Mohan. Uh, st- straightforward two teams, and and this is something that I think is actually very plausible. Harris, Simmons, and Tybel to Sacramento for Fox, Barnes, and Thompson. Ooh. Who, who's uh yeah i i mean I, I think i would you know just does harris harris i guess kind of takes the place of barnes you're sort of recreating yeah. ben simmons and tobias harris together on the kings now but i guess you know you've got halliburton hopefully simmons can help your defense you still got Holmes. yeah i think that probably you, makes you the would, kings better yeah you would have to put bagley in this deal to keep sacramento below the tax but i i don't see that one being a showstopper yeah i mean philly might like to get out of the tax too but yeah i mean if you're taking on tobias harris Harris's salary, you can you can basically do whatever you else you want financially in exchange for doing yeah, that. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think, actually, yeah, I I'm not sure if I would do this if I were Sack. Just be, I, I know you you really think the Harris contract is awful, and I, you know I'm in agreement with you. But Harris is the exact type of player that Sacramento wants. I mean, he is still a decent player and scorer, and yeah, he's overpaid. But if they wanted to get someone equivalent in free agency, they would have to overpay for him anyway. He's he's at least a decent player who helps you. I know he's not having a great year this year and maybe that's the price to get Simmons who's also overpaid by the way I mean that's that's kind of the problem for both of these guys I also would not want like if I'm getting Simmons I wouldn't ask for Tybal as the asset to come from Philadelphia yeah you'd probably rather just have like a, a pick instead yeah either send me a pick or send me Maxi or yeah, yeah do something different and, and I think I think Philly would want to hold on to Thibel at that point because they wouldn't really have any kind of defense on the wing at that yeah point. and Philadelphia can still trade I, Looks like they can still trade their first this year, right? This year or next year? Uh, yes, they owe they're a not, twenty. They're not out till twenty-five. Oklahoma City. Yep, yep, that's correct. 
How about this one? Thaddeus Young okay. and DeJounte Murray for Ben Simmons. Plus, uh, oh no, wait, that's a different one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, wow. That is, I mean, that's definitely interesting. Um, Thaddeus Young in here is basically a matching salary. I mean, they might almost send him to it. Although you could use him on Giannis, I guess, in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, his spacing with Embiid is that he could also just play backup center probably for them. Like, he, I think he would help them some. He'd be better yeah. better than Drummond in some matchups. Because um, they'd probably put Embiid on Giannis. And then when Embiid goes to the bench, they could put Young on him. But I mean, to me, isn't DeJounte Murray... DeJounte Murray might be better than Ben Simmons. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely an itch. I mean, if I'm Philadelphia, I think this is near the peak of my potential return because you're you're getting a, a win on Murray's contract for the next three years. Like, you're basically taking the tax out of play for the next couple of years, too. Uh, so, I like, contractually, this ends up being a, a pretty darn good trade for them, too. From San Antonio's perspective, you I guess the idea would be you'd be selling high on Murray if you think this is what high looks like uh yeah i mean he's developed pretty well i i don't think i would do this in san antonio i mean i'm i'm not like an enormous murray guy or an enormous simmons guy but i think i you know i think they're relatively close in terms of the value as players and Dejounte murray also doesn't have a history of like melting down and being a bad teammate the way simmons does and he makes way less money i, I think i would rather just hold on to murray if i'm the spurs here the only reason I would do this deal is if I'm San Antonio is if I, for some reason, had some intel that Murray was going to bounce in two years when his contract ends. Like that, that would be the only reason I would even think about this. Yeah. Well, I mean, Simmons is only under contract for one more year after that. And Murray also, I mean, his last year is 18 million. You might be at that point hard pressed to extend him. So with the cap going up 25, 26. So yeah, you may- you're, exactly. You're not going to be able to do an extension with him. You're going to have to have him go in to free agency and then sweat it out which just gets you know which is a little trickier yeah i think that's a little too four-dimensional chess though i I would (laughs) rather just just hold on to a good player on a good contract and you know if he's really if i mean who knows maybe he doesn't blow up to the point where he needs some massive contract in 25 26 but uh you know when i think he'd be either like 28 or 29 by that point um but you know especially if the the spurs are just kind of trundling along here trying to make the play in every year having him on that deal seems nice you just overall maintain more flexibility as an organization going forward as well so I, I think i would probably say no on that one if i were san antonio all right let's do two more here and then we can take a few okay. a few questions okay. and uh and don't worry there's so many of these uh danny and i are gonna do some of these for dunked on prime and maybe uh even a public dunked on as well so if, if you didn't get your question or your trade read here you'll have other chances you want to pick another one here though well, there's one situation we haven't talked about. So somebody, uh, Play S, submitted a trade, Ben Simmons for Kyrie Irving, which is interesting, but I think that's the wrong net, <laughs> right? Uh, what, what is? What are your thoughts on Simmons for Harden, whether it's in a sign-in trade after the season or an opt-in in trade, I guess it could be too, uh, or at the trade deadline? Well, as far as we know, Ben Simmons is not vaccinated, so that's problem number one with that. That's a great point that I had not considered uh assuming that the vaccination requirement gets removed by the summer or simmons were willing to get vaccinated which he might be i mean who knows maybe he just didn't want to get vaccinated to be more of a pain in the ass to the sixers no one has, has right. asked him about this you know in the extensive interviews that he's granted uh during this period but yeah i mean i i think 
I if I'm Brooklyn, I might rather and I mean, well, also who knows what the hell's happened with Kyrie either, right? Like if Kyrie could just leave this offseason, but I certainly, I mean, when you see the numbers on a new Harden contract, and those are absolutely eye-watering. And yeah. you know, he may he may not want to be there, but even if he does, is he gonna demand the five-year deal? I mean, that's just gonna be a complete destruction. Yep. Um yeah. you know, I, I think it's plenty of this is possible, but so much to I mean, shit, the next could could just win the championship this year too and then he'd probably be pretty happy there so i'm yeah i, I really and, and we don't even know what the nets are gonna be able to do at the trade deadline or the buyout market and you know there are the, these re- nebulous reports that harden may not be a thousand percent happy there and he wants to test free agency like okay you know i think uh and that uh, part of that even could just be that maybe the nets are balking at wanting to give him a, a big contract supposedly they offered him the extension he turned it down uh, i mean james harden could just end up not being that good in the playoffs this year as well we haven't seen him uh in this environment environment in the playoffs other than just that one series last year so just yeah. too many variables going forward but i think you know if harden really wants to leave and he wants to go to philly i wouldn't be averse to taking back ben simmons uh you know a, a championship player who always delivers uh, in the postseason um yeah we got we got two playoff reputations colliding a little bit there although i mean harden has certainly done more in the postseason than simmons has i i would i would say so yes ah The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application um okay let's uh we got about 15 minutes left here or so why don't we bring in a few speaker requests thanks to all y'all who have waited for this long and uh let's bring in harsh here harsh if you, you are there if you want to say hello he's not there anymore all right let's try max rand so, solid name here at max rand not quite as good as max power but uh still pretty good max rand you're on how you doing max all right we're gonna mute him for now let's try try antonio antonio is a Cavs fan based on his bio antonio are you in yeah. hey there you are so so i just want to ask uh what, what do you guys think the Cavs will do in terms of deadline yeah that is a nice simple question we like those what do you think john yeah to me picking up another guy who can dribble is the biggest thing and then getting another like real nba wing would probably be the other item on my list uh in in the case in the guy who can dribble can be short-term help so like i see like trading a second for dennis schroeder for instance which you can accomplish with minimums i like i think that's a very plausible thing for cleveland to do now for them to do something bigger than that where they trade for a wing now you're probably involving ricky's salary um you probably want to keep sexton's restricted rights unless the other team like really cares about getting them and and you know you could put that in in lieu of an asset um 
But you wonder, you know, here's one thing I wonder about. If you're Atlanta and you're kind of riding off this season, would you do something like Ricky for Bogdanovich and sign Ricky this offseason to be Trey's backup and play sometimes next to him? Um, and what would you want to be compensated in order to pull that off? Huh. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting one. So, so um, yeah, about, yeah, go um, ahead. Sorry. I heard, I heard this one was about Levert. Yeah, le- I mean, Levert is definitely available. Uh, I think Nate and I both probably value him less than kind of the market does. Rubio's salary does match his. It looks like they can take that in without going into the tax, which is important. Indiana's definitely going to demand a first round pick, which I I, uh, yeah. I don't know that he's re- I don't know that he's really worth a first round pick at the money he's making. But his like his, the way Cleveland is set up, his salary doesn't hurt them either. Like it's it's almost irrelevant whether he makes whether he makes two million or twenty million the way they're set up for next year. So I I could sort of understand Cleveland taking a, a swing at that maybe because um, because I do think like especially like when they get to the playoffs the other teams are just going to blitz Garland all the time and I, I do think they need more uh, more ball handling options. All right, so. Yeah. Right, I, I, I I got it. This is what I think. And I can't remember exactly where it was. Our document is so long here. I think this was submitted. How about just Rubio for Evan Fournier straight up, John? Oh, if you're the Knicks, yeah. Um, I mean, you're you're buying long term on Fournier if you if you're Cleveland there. I mean, I guess yeah. you're going two years, and then there's the team option on the last year. Uh, you are getting. I mean, New York probably feels a little bit like they're getting let out of jail. Although, I mean, it's it's really almost a for New York it's almost a 24 cap room move I guess you sign Rubio with his bird rights for next year would be the idea well or I mean it's basically just to get out of it for for New York would would be the thing I mean they they got Quentin Grimes now he looks good I think you just try to see what he can do Fournier's kind of blocking him and for the Cavs he's Fournier you know can pass he can dribble a little bit he can shoot they have no shooting at the two right now you know I think he could play with Sexton maybe reasonably on the second unit if you re-sign him um um, and I think just to get a decent quality shooting guard, basically for nothing, a guy who's not going to play this year. But Antonio, it sounded like yeah. you you were not too into that one. No, no, I heard I heard Fournier been pretty bad. I don't know. So um, yeah, I mean, I think he's been a little disappointing. Like he can still shoot it though. Um, and yeah, I heard I heard. Um, what what do you think you guys the Rockets would do a Ruby on a pick to get off that salary for Gordon? I think they yeah, should. Yeah, Rubio, Rubio yeah. and a pick for Gordon would be interesting. If I'm Cleveland, I probably want to go a little younger than that. Like, I think my window is longer than this year and next. So, uh, I mean, and I, I like Gordon's fit there quite a bit. Like, he's shown even in Houston this year, like, he can actually do some stuff in pick and roll. Um, so, that that's an interesting one, too. I think it would cost Cleveland their first round pick. I'm not sure if I would surrender that for Eric Gordon, although I'd probably be more likely to do it for him than for Lafert. Yeah. No, I, I think so, too. It's just, I, I, I'm just loathe as the Cavaliers right now they have so many good young players to just try to to trade a first round pick to maximize like this year and next like I'm to me the first question I'm asking for any move is how good does this make us in three four years from now when you've got Garland and Mobley really peaking as opposed to now like yeah I mean because they're they're not gonna beat one of these top four teams in the playoffs this year whether they get Eric Gordon or not yeah I see 
Yeah. All right. All right. Now, Cavs, Cavs are definitely an interesting team, though. I think this will be, you know, Kobe Altman has a, a contract extension. I think it's to be very interesting to see uh, where we end up with him. All right. Let me see if I can actually bring up my... There we go. All right, I'm back. Sorry, I got this. I'm back. Sorry, I got disconnected. Let's bring in Khalil here. Khalil, what do you got for us? Hello. Hey, Khalil. Uh, we were so close, and then he muted himself. <laughs> there we go. He's back. Can I ask my question? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. We we missed what you said. I think you you temporarily muted. What do you got for us? All right, he's he, he's struggling with his muting here, or or the app is. Uh, just stay stay muted, Khalil. I'll try to come back to you. Let's try Christian. Christian K, you are on. There you go, Christian. Hey, so uh, I know you guys mentioned earlier about uh, a potential ch- or a potential Sexton in in Detroit. So I was wondering if Sexton and Rubio for uh, oh my gosh, what's his name? The wing, Jeremy uh, Grant. Jeremy Grant. Yeah. What do you guys think about that? Like, who would say no to that? Does Cleveland have to throw in a pick for that? D- Detroit would laugh uproariously at that offer. Uh, yeah, Cleveland definitely has to throw in at least one first on top of that. You don't yeah. think the the cap room has any meaning for them, or they're not trying to get out of his contract right now? They're not trying to get out of his contract. They're trying to they're trying to win big on his contract by by getting a bunch of stuff for it from somebody else. They're already thirty million dollars under the cap for next year, or that number will come down when they have a top pick so let's say 20 million but that like they're way under next year's cap and so i i just i just don't see like just expiring contracts or whatever that's just not a like a huge thing for uh for detroit right is there any deal there then like how many like so a few first maybe or yeah, and then I don't love Grant's fit in Cleveland either. Like you, you're already all in on like all these big forwards, and the thing you need are you know are more guys who are like perimeter skill guys uh, at one, two, and you know a little bit three. Grant to me is more of a three, four. And I, I, I guess it's it's just a you know I know JB loves him some big lineups. I mean it was the same he played the same way with us in Memphis. But even even so, like you you know you're gonna play Jeremy Grant at the two. Like I just can't see that one. Right. Well, they, they could play him at the three. I think I I like it a little bit better yeah. because they do need someone who can defend the best scores on on the perimeter. And you know I think you could play a lot of lineups where Grant was at the four still potentially as well um, going forward. I mean I think. It's more of a bet on your future. You you want to re-sign Jeremy Grant at that point. So, I, I mean, I think Sexton, maybe I don't put that much value on Sexton if I'm Detroit because I could just sign him as a restricted free agent this offseason. Now the Cavs might match, but uh, that and you might have to pay him a little bit more that way, but that's still, I don't know that I quite put first-round value on getting Sexton because I already have this cap space I could use again in the offseason kind of for free. And uh, so, no, I mean, I think it would be, it, you still would probably have to throw in two firsts there um but you know i think grant would like being the second perimeter option there you know he has this thing where he wants to be this perimeter guy so i um yeah i mean i think it would probably would i mean maybe you could be a coro and sexton and a first maybe maybe that might be you know and we don't who knows what troy weaver thinks of isaac okoro all right we got time here for one more can you hear me now yes khalil good uh what do you got for us so it's kind of a two-part question in a sense, but it's what do you think of the Raptors kind of, I guess, targets for the deadline? Well, also, what is Siakam's role, I guess, on the team going forward? 
Yeah, I mean, we had our, you know, our cool Siakam trade fantasy, but I think what the Raptors would really like to do is trade Goran Dragic in their first round pick for another guy who can be a starter level player for next year. And unfortunately, like 12 other teams are trying to do the same thing. So I think they're probably not going to be able to pull that off. But that that to me for them is is plan A. Um, interesting idea for the for the Raptors. Uh, would you do Dragic and your first for Nurkic and Covington, knowing that you had to pay Nurkic in free agency? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, Nurkic has been playing better lately. So, he's um, been he's been pretty good lately. Yeah, yeah, and he he gives you know he doesn't have to close the game, but he would give them a nice element, some beef in the front court. I still I just don't know with Barnes and Anobi and Siakam. I mean, I just don't know what you're doing there other than just playing those guys at the three through five. And maybe Nurkic is a backup center, or maybe you just start Cleveland style with Ananobi at the two, but you get out of those lineups pretty quickly, and then you close with Siakam at the five. I'm, and also, uh, Toronto's another one of these teams like Cleveland. I'm like, what do you need to trade a first-round pick for? You're an unbelievable drafting team. You've got a yeah. ton of young guys. Like, you're not going to compete for the championship next year. Like, there's this thought that they might want to be buyers. I just don't don't really understand that like they're they're not going to get above six in the east so the pick will be decent i just so don't the really other, see why the, they're trying to get yeah. better this year the other way to use Dragic obviously is for somebody to pay them in other words for you know somebody to throw in a pick to say here take this bad contract for us that goes through next year and the raptors send out Dragic in that yeah now the raptors are about three million under the cap for next year um not counting yeah, their draft they, pick like they have this kind of window afloat where they're they will not have meaningful cap room and yet they are still miles away from the tax so that makes them a prime team to like take on a contract in a trade also um yeah help the raptors that dean our the only productive bench is kem birch precious achua and boucher so you know another big i don't know if that helps yeah, I think it just looks that way because the perimeter backups are all terrible. Like, I, I, don't, I don't think any of those guys are really all that good. <laughs> it's just, re, re, you know, relative to their other options of, of playing on the bench. Like, yeah, sure. If, it, you know, if it's between that and putting in, you know, Bonga and Flynn. Yeah. All right. Yeah, this is this is going to be a fascinating deadline. And uh, we're, we'll be, by the time you listen to our next show, I should have on Dunked On our mock trade deadline. It will be out. Uh, you can, of course, catch us at 2 Eastern, 11 Pacific every week on Wednesday, although the trade deadline is two weeks from now. We'll probably record that on Friday after the trade deadline, I'm guessing. But uh, we will be back at this time next week, and you can also catch me and Danny LaRue. That is at 6 Eastern and 3 Pacific on Tuesdays. Thanks again, everyone, for joining us, and we'll talk to you again soon. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! 
The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.